Hey everybody, welcome. Welcome to the Winning Momentum Podcast. The first one of 2023. I hope you're all having a great start to the year. How did you spend your time over the holiday? Personally, personally, I spend my time reflecting, coming up with my my ideas for 2023, my aims, my values. We're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk today about how to create effective and sticky, sustainable change in your life, in your business. That's what the theme today will be about. But over the holidays, that's where it all starts for me. I use that time to re-energize, reflect, look at what was the good and bad from the prior year, look at the the values and the aims and the goals I had set up for 2022. Are they still applicable to 2023? Should I adjust them? And, um, but mostly just to get myself in a, in a new frame of mind and to re-energize for the new year. At the end of 2022, I was definitely running on fumes, as they say. I was burnt out. I think I hit a wall. I think I hit a wall because I was I was uh, doing a podcast. You should check it out, uh, Anna Nostrova. And it's on our, check out my Instagram or, yeah, probably my Instagram is the best place to look. And you will find a reference to me being a guest on Anna's new podcast. And I knew she was going to ask me about travel because she very much enjoys travel and it's important to her. It's one of her core values, I believe. And so I knew she was going to ask me about uh, travel at the end of this uh, hour-long podcast for which I was the guest. And so I had my um, office staff look up for me how much I traveled in 2022. And, you know, I always hit close to 100,000 miles of air travel. Never, never, never a hundred thousand, but always more than ninety-five thousand, and that just seems to be the way that it goes for me. And uh, this year was no exception. I, I don't remember what the exact number was, but ninety-eight thousand somewhere in that range, and that's with no overseas trips. So that's all in North America. Um, so that was not unexpected to me. But what was unexpected was that I forget the exact number, but somewhere around a hundred and thirty nights in a hotel room um, in 2022 that we could identify, that we could actually identify. So somewhere in that range, you know, uh, a third of my life in a hotel room. And, um, And as soon as I heard that, as soon as I heard that news and around mid December, I just, I just hit a wall. I just felt burnt out. And I feel like I had that, that, that because or is what they would say in persuasion, the fake because, the reason, the excuse for feeling tired and burnt out. <laughs> and so I decided clearly that I was tired and burnt out and uh, I rested a lot. And now, now that I'm back, I feel, I feel great. So what do you do over the holidays? Do you set New Year's resolutions? Uh, and if so, what are they? Are they focused on health, you know, your diet, uh, 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 exercise, weight loss, things along those lines. Is that what you do? Or do you focus on personal relations, your career, uh, making money goals, self-care? I'm going to go on a holiday this year or you know, get some uh, therapeutic massages or whatever. Like, What are your goals? Uh, what resolutions did you set for yourself? And 
And how specific are those goals and what are you going to do about them? That's a bit what we're going to talk about today. You know, research shows that people who set resolutions better achieve their goals. Obviously, I don't know why we needed research. If you don't have resolutions and goals, then I don't know how you would better achieve them. So clearly people that do this and go through this process are going to have better results. But you and I both know that people don't follow their New Year's resolutions. It's it's almost uniform. Well, why is that? According to research, there's several reasons why people may not follow through on their New Year's resolutions. Some common ones include a lack of motivation or commitment. Making a resolution is one thing, but actually following through on it requires motivation and commitment. Does it? Does it though? I mean, this is what the research says, but we're going to talk about that more today because I don't think motivation is really a thing and commitment is really a thing. Um, We're going to talk about better strategies for achieving what you want to achieve, the change in your life, the change in your business. Without these, it can be easy to lose uh, sight of the resolution and fall back into old habits. That's the key to it, the habit loop. We're going to talk about that today. Insufficient planning would be another reason to fail at your New Year's resolutions. Uh, Often they involve changing long-standing habits, which can be difficult. Again, back to habits. Without a clear plan, a strategy for how to achieve the resolution, it can be easy to become overwhelmed or discouraged. Unrealistic goals. Setting unrealistic goals can set you up for failure. If the resolution is too ambitious or not feasible, given your current circumstances, it may be difficult to maintain the necessary level of motivation and effort. Sound familiar? Lack of accountability. It can be helpful to have someone to hold you accountable for your resolution. Without this, it can be easy to let your resolution slide and to not follow through on it. Lack of rewards or consequences. Having a system of rewards or consequences consequences in place can help to motivate and encourage progress towards a resolution. Without these, it can be difficult to stay motivated. Sound good? Let's recap. You need motivation or commitment. The lack of that causes you to not follow through on your New Year's resolutions. You just fall back on your old habits. I would suggest to you, you know, the old saying that I like a lot with the right why you can overcome any what, right? If you have a strong enough purpose to get up in the morning and work towards that aim, that clear purpose, well, that provides the motivation and commitment you need. Just saying you don't have motivation and commitment in a vacuum is not something that's very helpful. And it also doesn't take into account the more important part of this uh, researched reason for failing uh, resolutions, which is that you fall back on your old habits. You haven't attacked the habit loop. More to come on that. Lack of planning. The problem with this one, uh, and I think this is absolutely true, one of the reasons we don't succeed in our resolutions is we don't plan for them very well. Well, what does that mean? Well, it means that people that that create a goal think that that's planning, where it's not. The the goal is the last thing you need. You may not even need a goal, and I'm going to talk to you about how to think about that in a second here, but thinking that goals create change is just wrong. They do not. What creates change is doing something different. 
doing the same thing with a goal that's different makes no sense whatsoever. What makes sense is to change your systems. Systems create change. Goals do not create change. Okay. And that is the planning. To say I'm going to lose 10 pounds is a goal. To say I'm going to exercise every day at this particular time is a system. It's the system that creates change. It's the lack of taking that goal of 10 pounds in that hypothetical or not so hypothetical example um, and to not plan the system around that. Okay. Um, unrealistic goals. This idea that unrealistic goals set you up for failure is absolutely true, but it's not complete enough. All goals set you up for failure. If a goal, the way people teach you to do goals, is is done properly, then you have a specific objective that is measurable, quantifiable, and is constrained by time. I will lose 10 pounds by February 28, 2023. That is a goal in the common um, in in the common way that we're taught to make goals. So let's think about that for a minute. Have I met that goal today? No, I'm a failure. Will I have met that goal tomorrow? No, I'm a failure. Will I have met that goal by January 31? Well, maybe. Maybe I'll have made some progress to it. Maybe. I'll do it by February 28, which was my constraint on the time. But if I do, let's just say that I meet the 10-pound goal by February 28th, every single day between now and February 28th, I've not achieved my goal. I have failed on this goal. I haven't achieved it. And then the minute I achieve my goal, I don't have a goal anymore. Now what? Right? So now I've now I've I've got no aim. I've got no purpose anymore because I failed every day. Fail, 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 fail. Oh, met my goal. Now I don't have a goal. Now I need a new goal. I need to fail some more. Right? I mean, that is the psychological impact of goals. Um, whereas if I didn't care about the goal, if I focused on the system every day, I'm going to exercise every day, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. That's something that I can win at every day as opposed to being a failure every single day. So, yes, uh, goals create failure and are demotivating. Okay. Lack of accountability. To me, this one is the same as motivation. Really, what you're doing with this idea of, uh, of accountability, what, what was it that this uh, researcher said? It can be helpful to have someone to hold you accountable to your resolution. Well, what are you doing there? That's the motivation issue. All I'm doing in that situation is I'm pushing on you the motivation. Hey, hey, remind me that I said I was going to lose 10 pounds and that I shouldn't be eating this chocolate bar, please, or this bag of chips, right? That's what you're doing uh, in that situation. And so... I, I just don't see this as a, a separate point. I think it's just a cheap way to try and get motivated and stay commitment. Lack of rewards and consequences. This goes directly to the, the habit loop, which I think is really one of the keys to all of this. So I think there's a couple of keys to this, um, two, like two broad principles that we're going to talk about today. One is start with your value, start with your aim, move to systems, lastly, goals. Okay, aim, system, goals. And then the second key concept is the habit loop. 
um, trigger or cue um, routine, which is basically your system, and the reward, the benefit that you get out of that. That is what the habit loop is. And if you can understand both of these concepts, you can affect change in yourself. You can affect change in your business. You can affect change in your personal relationships with your partner, um, with everything. This is the key to creating change. All right. So how do you create sticky change in your life for your business? How do you make resolutions work? That's what we're trying to tackle here. The first thing you need is an aim. You need a sense of direction. So you don't think of a resolution as a goal. I think the worst resolution that just generates failure, as that research that I recited to you says, you, um, you the worst resolution is a specific goal. I'm going to lose 10 pounds by February 28th is a terrible New Year's resolution. Instead, think of a resolution as a personal value, a renewal of your direction um, of an aim. Okay. The purpose, an aim, a value, a direction. I'm heading over here. I was heading over here. 2023, I want to go this way instead. So what is a value? Just to try to get out of the abstract nature of that word. A value is a belief or a principle that is important to an individual or a group. Guys, their actions, decisions, behaviors, and serves as a foundation for priorities and goals. Values are often abstract, such as honesty, fairness, compassion, responsibility. And they typically endure and they are long-term. But let's not get hung up again on definitions and the unclear nature of the values. A business example um, of values, direction of aim is, is some of the values that I set forth for one of my companies. Uh, and there was four. There was uh, there's teamwork, integrity which breaks down into openness and honesty, uh, perfect deliveries, and perfect quality. So those are the four values that I've set out for the organization. Well, two of those, teamwork and integrity, are subjective abstract concepts that we really can't measure as a value. But two, two of them are not. Perfect deliveries and perfect quality, there's nothing abstract about that at all. You can actually measure whether you're doing that. In a, perf- in a, uh, in a personal sense, in a personal example, um, I want to live a healthy lifestyle that is focused on longevity. Okay, There's an abstract, an abstract value. And then I could make that less abstract and I could say like living a fulfilling and healthy, um, pain-free life to whatever number, 150, okay? So that's semi-abstract. It's such an absurd, absurd number that it's not really, it's not really um, objective. It, it kind of makes it a little bit abstract because it's so way out there, but it has some specifics around it, okay? So are these values achievable? achievable? Will I live... Uh, to 150 and be productive the entire time? No. Will my company have perfect quality? No. Will it have perfect deliveries? No. It will not have any of those things in reality because they're not goals. They're directions. It's my aim. It's what I value. It's what my business values. Okay. And that's the idea of a value. 
you have to have a value, a direction, a purpose uh, that you want to head before you start looking at any change. Because if you talk about, oh, I want to change, well, change to what? That's the very first question. It should come before how. What am I trying to change to? Well, you're trying to change to the things that you value. And to me, that's where you need to start. And that's when I say the resolution process should not be about a goal. It should be about recommitting yourself or changing your values, your aim, the direction that you're trying to head. Now, contrast a value with a goal. A goal is a specific target or objective that an individual or a group aims to achieve. It's a concrete, measurable outcome and requires effort and resources to accomplish. Goals are often time-bound. They should be time-constrained. And they may be short-term or long-term. An example might be, in a business context, I've said that my value is perfect quality. Well, a goal might be, uh, let's have less than 3% quality rejections in 2022. If you are working for the company that I was referring to on that value, I'm not suggesting that 3% is a good number or a bad number. Okay, I'm just throwing out hypothetical hypothetical examples. So don't come back to me next week at a management meeting and tell me how you're targeting a 3% quality rejection. That's not what we're talking about here. Um, a personal example of a goal might be, as I said before, to lose 10 pounds by February 28th. And again, you're either meeting these goals at all times or you're not. And goals create the frustration, the sense of failure at a psychological level 100% of the time. 100% of the time. Again, you're either failing or you don't have a, a goal. Those are your two choices. And the worst part about goals, I think, Uh, in the sense of their effectiveness in creating change, is that they distract you from changing your behaviors, from creating new systems that need to be changed to get different results, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. We all know that. It's the definition of insanity. So I'm not saying goals are bad. Goals are important because they provide an objective measuring stick. By the way, I, I said in a prior... I think it was one of my shorts that they provide a yardstick, which is an old expression. And then a bunch of people uh, sent me a message or texted me and said, what's a yard? What is a yardstick? So I'm moving on to measuring stick. They're objective measuring sticks, which is important, but they should be, you know, a goal should be a byproduct. It shouldn't be, here's my goal. The goal is a natural byproduct of the values, the aim, the direction you're trying to head, and the systems that that you've created to move in that direction, right? It's the system that's moving you. The goal is a way to measure the effectiveness, effectiveness of that system, all right? So systems create change, broad concept number one. Systems create change, goals do not. And that's for a number of reasons. Systems focus on the process, not the outcome. Focus on the process of achieving a goal rather than just the outcome. You're more likely to create lasting change. Systems provide structure and consistency. By establishing a a system, you create a, a structured and consistent approach to achieving your goals. And it helps eliminate the need for constant decision making. and reduces the chances of getting sidetracked or derailed. Systems allow for the adjustment and flexibility uh, because goals are fixed and inflexible. 
which can make it difficult to adapt to changing circumstances. Systems, on the other hand, allow for adjustments and flexibility as needed. Systems help to build habits. Habits are automatic behaviors that we perform without much thought. By establishing a system, you can create new habits that support your goals and make it easier to achieve them. This, again, is from research, and I, I, I take dispute with that particular point because it's not the system itself that creates the new habit. It's the purposeful, purposeful designing of a new system and matching that with an equal or, or more valuable reward. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Systems create accountability because if you have a well-defined system as opposed to a goal, you can now say to people within your business, you're responsible for that, you're responsible for this, you're responsible for this other thing, and now you can hold people accountable to not only the value that you've set forth, but the new system that you've implemented. So if you want to create change, you need to start with an aim, and that should be your resolution. And if you want to that change to be effective and to be sticky, you need to create a new system so that you head in the direction of that aim. And lastly, you create tangible goals, which are a byproduct of all of this, for the sole purpose of evaluating your new system. This is my value. My goal is I would like to see, let's put that into a specific example. So uh, let's, let's do the personal example, the, the losing 10 pound thing. So my, my value, my aim is the healthier lifestyle geared towards longevity. Clearly a problem is, is weight and diet. And so I, you know, as objective measure, I want to lose 10 pounds, let's say. And again, this is just hypothetical, but 10 pounds by February 28 is the example that we are using. Well, I now have that not as a goal. You know, I mean, it is a goal, but not as like my primary focus. My primary focus is the system I create to achieve that. And the way that I can measure the effectiveness of that system is to have that objective, tangible goal. Okay, makes sense? And then, and then I can say, well, I'm clearly not going to meet that 10 pounds by February 28 with this new system that I have. So maybe I need to adjust my system again, right? That's the effectiveness, the, the utility of having that goal. And so that's concept number one, value slash aim, first systems, goals. That's kind of the order of priority um, and is it, is it priority? Is that the word I'm looking for? That's that's the order that you need to think about things in able to uh, create effective and sticky change in your life or in your business. And then you would say to me, well, Scott, people don't change anyway, right? We can have these values. We can have these grand ideas. We can have these new systems I'm going to exercise every day, but then we don't do it. It all falls apart. Well, that's true. Enter the habit loop. Okay, that's the problem there. So what is the habit loop? Trigger, routine, reward. Trigger or cue, routine, reward. Think of it as, a, I'm moving my fingers around, but if you're on the audio podcast, think of it as a triangle. Think of the trigger slash cue being in the lower left part of that triangle. The peak of the triangle being a routine and the lower right part of that triangle being uh, reward and you know it's a loop so it's all joined together what is a trigger or a cue 
The trigger cue is an external starting point to the habit loop. Something happens to you or you're in an environment that, that where there's a, what's the word I'm looking for? Like an impetus, a starting point to this whole thing. And that's what a trigger or cue is. And, you know, you can't, you can't change the trigger in your life unless you completely remove yourself from that environment, which is interesting. So if you want to change your behaviors, if you want to change anything in your business, um, and by the way, this habit loop applies to organizations as well. It's called a policy, all right, um, or what people actually do. And I always tell my management teams, I think I've told you on this podcast before, that the policy exists whether you wrote it or not, right? So in the face of a trigger, in the face of a cue, an organizations behave in a specific way. They have a routine um, in the face of that trigger. And what are the odds that they're doing what you want them to do or what you think they ought to be doing if you haven't written that routine for them, that system for them, that policy for them, right? And there's a reward associated with that. Anyway, so you, you can't ignore the trigger unless you get out of the environment that is creating that trigger for you. So let me give you an example of a trigger and a personal example Let's say I'm working in here in my office, in my podcast studio, and and it gets to 5 p.m. of the day. Well, that's a trigger for me personally, 5 p.m. I've had the stresses of the day build up. Um, I probably have a headache. I'm under the lights here. I get a little dehydrated, and I'm having probably a sugar crash. I'm just tired and ineffective. That are all the feelings that I have at a trigger point of 5 p.m. Okay. And that, that happens consistently. All right. Let me give you a business example, a business example. And I, I've covered this on the podcast maybe a year or two ago of a company that I worked with as a turnaround and a trigger that we identified was that the, the plant didn't produce today what it was scheduled to produce. All right, so that's just a clear problem that's not debatable. It is a problem, okay? It's called attainment. Attainment is somebody in scheduling says, hey, I want you to produce 100 widgets today. And then at the end of the day, the plant produced 70 widgets, right? Um, it didn't produce 100. It fell short. It had a 70% attainment ratio, which causes havoc on the business. Now you can't deliver to your customers on time. Now, what do you do tomorrow? Do you have to do 130 widgets, which is 30% above your capacity or your normal scheduling? It causes a lot of trouble. And so a trigger might be, in a business sense, failing to meet a key KPI, a key performance indicator, failing to meet 100% of attainment, what was scheduled today. So a routine, so that's a trigger. Examples of a trigger in, in personal life and in an organization. A routine is the behavior you behavior that you or your group does in response to the trigger, right? Okay, it's five o'clock. I've already said that the stresses of the days have built up. I've probably got a headache. I'm a little dehydrated. I'm having a sugar crash. I'm tired and grumpy. What is my routine? How do I respond to that? Well, Maybe I go have a drink, a martini, 
glass of bourbon, a glass of scotch, something that that is alcoholic, obviously, maybe cool in nature, maybe you know, wake me up a little bit, but that's the routine. I go and have a drink. And we'll talk about the rewards, why I do that in a second. On the business example, um, which was a real example I've covered before, you haven't met this 100% attainment, that's the trigger. There was problems in the production line, that's the trigger. Um, so what was the routine of this organization that I was trying to turn around? Well, it was that all of the labor responsible for running that production line scattered and hid like rats. So why was that? They just scurried away. Well, I'm going to talk about the I'm going to talk about the reasons for that routine uh, in a moment here, which comes to the rewards. In fact, let's move on to rewards right now. So, so you've got a trigger, which is an external bang. This happened. You've got a you've got a routine, which is your behavior in response to that trigger, and then you get the reward, which is the third leg to this habit loop uh, triangle that you're picturing in your head. So, the reward is the feeling that you get that dopamine hit. Uh, to steal a phrase from Scott Adams, uh, the other good vibes that you get, just the the sense of comfort and relief that you get from the consequences of your behavior. So I've got a trigger, I have a behavior, and I do that behavior because I got a reward for psychologically, chemically. Um, I get a reward for that behavior. In the personal example, five o'clock. I start craving a drink because I, I'm tired, I'm dehydrated, I've got a headache, the stresses have built up. I have my martini and it's relaxing. In fact, it's kind of fun. I get a sugar boost for a little while. Probably my headache goes away and I have a little boost of energy and that's the reward I get. Okay, Trigger five o'clock and the negative feelings I have from the day, behavior, have a drink. That's my system. My reward is I get relaxed and have a sugar boost, a little bit of energy uh, for a short period of time. All right. There is a habit loop. Um, and, and the reason it's a loop, of course, is because the reward reinforces the behavior, which reinforces that as a good idea for the next time that there's a trigger. And when is the, the next trigger? Well, it's tomorrow at 5 p.m. Right. So it just keeps coming around. And, you know, after a couple of weeks of doing that, your body, uh, your soul, your mind, you just want to crave that drink at five o'clock in that particular example. Okay. A business example, a business example of that is um, so when you, when that company did not get full attainment and the employees all kind of ran away was their routine um, and hide instead of trying to fix the problem. Well, what was their reward? Well, their reward was they had been trained under a very authoritarian um, fellow and a completely inappropriate, um, I don't even know what the right word is, but the worst HR department I'd ever seen in my life. And the reward for the employee was that they weren't being reprimanded. They weren't yelled at. They weren't bullied by either HR or this authoritarian president-type figure, right? They just got out of the way. 
of the trouble. And that was their reward, is they didn't have these huge negative consequences. So clearly, we would like to change behaviors in both examples. Five o'clock, probably not a good idea if I have a value, if I have an aim of healthy longevity lifestyle, right, that I've already described to you, I think it's clear that managing blood sugar and not having a drink every 5 p.m. is counter to that value, right? On the business front, perfect deliveries uh, in particular, working as a team in particular, if those are values, well, not producing what we're supposed to produce today is counter to those values and not dealing with the problem, just running away and hiding is also not going to help those uh, values. So we need to change behaviors. So how do we do that? Well, one, let's focus on the same trigger. A lot of people think, well, we're going to change the trigger. Well, that's not going to happen. Five o'clock, five o'clock is going to come every day, whether you like it or not. So the trigger is the same. You need to reframe the routine and you need to, in other words, you need to methodically think out, okay, when that trigger happens, here's what I'm going to do instead of doing what I'm doing now when that trigger happens, okay? So you figure that out specifically and you figure out a new systems, a new routine, a new behavior that delivers to you a reward that is of equal value or more value than the reward you're getting from your current system routine behavior. Make sense, okay? So you can't just say, This is why this whole idea of motivation and commitment is just BS, because it's not about that. This is just a habit loop. That's what this is. And you can't just say, I'm committed to this new routine and completely forget about the reward side of this, all right? Because it's the reward that works. It's not the personal self-motivation that works. Anybody that's pitching that to you is, is just wrong, and they're full of it, and probably a charlatan, all right? So you... You, you need to focus on the reward part for the new system, all right? And better yet, if you can punish, in other words, have a negative reward for the old system that you're using, that's even better. Then you have the carrot and the stick. The carrot, the, the better reward for the new idea, and the stick punishing the old idea. So let's put that to the personal example. I have an aim. I have a value of... Uh, better health focused on longevity, and more specifically, managing my, my blood sugar uh, would be a, you know, a subspecific of that. The trigger is it's 5 p.m. I've probably had 10 hours in uh, so far during the day. I'm tired. I have a headache. I'm stressed. I'm sleepy. I'm unproductive. My recurrent routine is to have a drink, which is counter to my aim. It takes me off path, that particular behavior. So what might be a new routine? Well, a new routine might be instead of having a drink, I'm going to schedule to take the dog for a walk in nature at 5 p.m. every day or maybe even at 4.30 p.m. So I jump ahead of that trigger a little bit, okay? So I go for a walk in nature with the dog. That's a new system. What is the reward of that? Well, the walk in nature itself uh, reduces stress. It's meditative. It's invigorating. I probably had some water to go along with it. So I've, you know, attacked the dehydration part of this. It's not the same reward 
as to having a drink, which provides that sugar boost. Um, but it's equal or better to, in, in terms of what I value. It's equal or better to the reward that is provided by the drink. Okay, so I got a value and aim that's clear in my mind. I have a new system, go for a walk every day at 4.35 p.m. with the dog, and I have a reward that is valued by me um, and is effective at dealing with the problems that I'm experiencing by the trigger. All right, so there's a there's there's how to think about the habit loop and how to affect change. In a business sense, okay, we've gone through our trigger of missing attainment, not producing what we were scheduled to produce for the day, the routine, right, um, historically was to run away and hide and not do anything. And when I was working on the turnaround in this company, I thought to myself, well, how do we change this routine? And what we did was we created a new system whereby if we didn't attain, instead of that being a negative it was a positive for the day. Well, how could that be? Well, the way that was is every time we didn't produce what we were supposed to produce that day, any employee at the back of the plant could fill out a pre-designed form and say, this is why that happened. You know, so here's the explanation and the context. Um, here's an easy fix to that problem. And with your permission, Ms. Supervisor, I will personally go out and fix that. I will implement the suggestion that I have. So it's not just a suggestion box. It's actually forcing people to come together as a team to fix problems and take ownership of their business. Okay. So that's a response to a lack of attainment trigger that I wanted to see as, as the turnaround person on this job. Instead of everybody just going away and not doing anything, I wanted to see them pull together and fix the problems. Okay. On their own, because that creates this, this also this value of teamwork. And so, but they're not going to do that if, unless we change the reward system, right? So we said, okay, here's what's going to happen. If you, if you fill out these forms, if you implement these changes that you've come up with, if you participate in the program, there will be recognition Recognition being, uh, you know, a personal shout out at a morning meeting, a scorecard in the back on the wall where people can see Joe Blow is uh, two rewards behind Jane Doe, whatever, uh, right? So there's some recognition. A note of your participation goes in the HR files for the year and is dealt with uh, positively at your year end review, including for raises. And the flip side of that, by the way, is if you don't participate, if you're not part of this, you don't have those notations in your HR file, um, which would be a negative when it comes to year-end review and raises. Uh, we had small gift cards that we could give to people as a thank you when they participated in the program. So we, we changed the reward. Don't forget, the old routine was to run away and hide, and the reward was they didn't get hit over the head. Uh, bullied, yelled at, reprimanded by HR and the president. We changed the system. Okay, so that so fear is a powerful motivator, probably one of the most powerful motivators. So that's a significant reward. Well, now we changed the whole thing into a positive and rewarded people for participating in the program for specifically not running away and hiding. And that reward was of equal or greater value. Than 
than the old reward that they were getting for their behaviors in light of that exact same trigger. Also, also better than just bettering the reward, we made the old routine now a negative because you didn't get this notation in this HR file, which means you weren't going to get the same raise as people that did participate in this program. And so now all of a sudden your old system, your old routine had a negative reward associated with it instead of a positive reward. Carrot, stick. Okay. So that's how to create change. Um, First, start with values, start with aim. So you know what direction you're trying to head in. And if you don't have a value, if you don't have aims, if you don't know what direction you're trying to go in, how can you possibly make any decisions whatsoever? You're just randomly trying things out with no purpose in mind. I always think of a, a person lost in the dark woods and you, you just picture yourself in the middle of, of the dark woods You just want to get home. You want to get to the parking lot for your car. And you don't know if you should be heading north, south, east, or west. You don't know which way is north, south, east, and west. What are you going to do? Are you going to walk three steps in one direction, turn around, walk six steps in the other direction, just like zigzag back and forth randomly? Or are you going to make your best choice and say to yourself, I'm going to head over in this direction, which I believe to be east. And I'm going to try that out for a while and see how it goes. If it doesn't go, I'm going to try a different direction, right? But you have a direction. If you don't have an aim, you can't do anything. So you start with that. And then you think about your systems. You need to do something different if you want to change. And then you need to think about your goals as an objective measure of the effectiveness of that system. I would like, if I change this system, I would like to hit, I would like to lose 10 pounds by February 28th. And don't get so hung up on whether you do lose 10 pounds by February 28th. That's not the important point. The important point is that you've created a system and now you can measure against that uh, with your objective goal. Okay, makes sense. And the last point is if you want this to be sticky beyond your willpower, which is not very long. That's not you. That's humanity. You need to change the rewards. You need to attack the habit loop by making the rewards for the new routine, for the new system, valuable to you. Okay? That's the trick. One, have a direction, have a name. Two, create a new system to have a different outcome. Three, measure that system for effectiveness and change it if it's not working. Four, Create a reward system so that the new system is sticky because you can't just do that on your own through self-motivation, through self-will. That's not really a thing. Okay, I hope that works for you. Give it a shot. Give me some comments uh, in the in the notes or in the comment section, whatever you're listening to this show on. Let's have a great 2023. I personally feel great. I'm invigorated. Excited to put out a bunch of content for you going forward and, and going forward. And on that point, what sort of comment, uh, what sort of content would you like to see in 2023? Do you want some influence over that? Do you want to, you know, mildly change the direction of the show for the new year? Let me know. Reach out to me. You can see there's millions of ways to do that. 
You can check out all of the content on thescottsinclair.com, thescottsinclair.com. And uh, that's it. All right. We will talk to you next week. Thanks for listening.